April knows how to start the podcast. She is. She's like, we're not doing a bit anymore, so I'm just going to talk. Yeah. You two are taking too long. We're so confused because it's like, we don't do our, we're trying to not do comedy bits to open the podcast anymore. Well, what are we going to do? And I'm racking my brain for a new improved way <laughs> to let you know that we're starting the podcast. That was just a bit. And I know that it's so cliche to talk about you this way. I'll push all my inhibitions aside. So very obvious to everyone watching us. And we have got something real good going on. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Yes, and this is a very special episode of Sadie Hawkins Pod. It is. It is, because we have picked this song we're doing must have done something right and we picked that song because the week that this comes out it is this is not a joke it is jessica (laughs) (laughs) because i'm mr sarcasm but this is real it's jessica and mine's uh 50th It's our 10th wedding anniversary. Man, does it feel like 50 Man, years, though? Oh, yeah, it's true. I'm a handful. No, I'm just No, it's teasing. our 10th wedding anniversary. I said I started to say 50 because of five score. Oh, yeah. I got confused. So, yeah, no, for real, it's our 10th wedding anniversary. And we were like, well, we got to do something special. What are we going to do? And we were like, let's do Must Have Done Something Right, because it's what we named our Zero episode after. Remember? We yep. should start podding. Because we make a good Cause team. Because we make a good team, and we do make a good team. There's ups <laughs> and there's downs, and there's stuff. You know, everyone has their thing, We but we love each other, and we get along incredibly well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. I always hear about how, you know, it's so hard. Relationships are so much work, <laughs> and it's, you know, you have to put so much effort into a marriage, and I'm like, well, I must have done something right. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Okay, enough with that. Let's get on yeah. with the song already. So. <laughs> Actually, no. Is there top of the show business? There is top of the show business. Because this is going to be a huge song. So maybe we shouldn't yeah. talk too much about stuff. <laughs> I did have this whole thing. I had a list of my 10 favorite things about Jessica. Maybe I won't do that. <laughs> maybe we don't have time for that. Maybe that's embarrassing. Oh, oh you, you decided you wanted to do lists? Yeah, you want to do a list? What's your 10 favorite things about me? Top of the show business, everyone. Okay, so, t- so top of the show business. We, last week I ran a Twitter poll based off of our previous episode. Do you remember what the question was? No. It was, does Reliant Case suck or not? <laughs> and I think the results are going to surprise you. <laughs> no, it's... um. You had said in the epi- in last week's episode, you were like, what's the best Reliant K album of the decade? That's right. Because yeah, the yeah. decade, Old Lang Syne is the episode we did, and the decade closed out. And you were like, what's the best album? And I was like, what are the choices? And you were there's like... There's only three. There's only three. Air for Free, Collapsible Lung, and K is for Karaoke. And I was like, oh yeah, K is for Karaoke. And I said, because I never really think of that mm-hmm. album. I ran the poll, and... First of all, this is definitely something I thought of because I just double checked on Spotify and I thought about do I open it up to all releases because you even mentioned that last week. Do I open it up to the EPs that came out right. this last decade? And I decided not to. But then when I double checked Spotify, I was like, oh, you know what album came out last decade? Mm-hmm, 10 oh. in 2014. But that's not fair. That's not really an not, album. Yeah. That's just a special edition just because it's called that. Also, I think it does have some extra like alternate versions on it. Maybe does it? 
I don't know. Not that I'm aware of. I know it has like an it has all of the B sides. It has all of the songs from Apathetic EP. Yeah, that's what I mean. But I don't think that the I don't know. And if that's what I meant by alternate versions uh, is that it, I think it does combine some of the Apathetic EP. It's just everything from that time. Yeah. In one album, and but that doesn't count to say that because that's it's just a B side collection with any with the album. You know. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't count. Also, it's not like it's a, if it was like a new recording of Mm-hmm, if they went into the studio and they re-recorded Mm-hmm, like some bands have done right. on anniversaries of albums, then maybe it would count as a new album, but it's just the same album repackaged. Plus, Mm-hmm 10 is not available in any kind of physical format. And I'm not saying you need to have a physical format to count something as an album, like for the world at large because obviously there are many digital most there's many many digital only full-length albums nowadays but i think if you're talking about reliant k who does have a physical release for all of their major albums if Mm -hmm 10 had it's the only one that doesn't have a physical release so that makes it count even less for me but uncle sam who's one of our followers on twitter did make that joke and then Brady Sullivan said, sent us a weird SpongeBob gif I've never seen before of some sort of like tertiary character going, hey, that's cheating. <laughs> I think I saw that and liked it. And then Uncle Sam said, LOL, not if you're considering the release date. Although who am I to argue with Uncle Sam? <laughs> it's true. You get in trouble when you argue not, with Uncle uh, yeah, Sam, Danny. <laughs> I'm not much of a patriot if I'm arguing with Uncle Sam. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the results of the... Do you want to guess what the results of the survey were? Air for free, number one. Collapsible lung, number two. And K is for karaoke, number three. Yes. I can't guess the percentages, though. Do you want to guess at least the percentage of air for free? Oh, my gosh. And I had a typo in air for free. Oh, no. I just <laughs> what you I do? posted this. I, posted I this didn't like... vote, by the way. Oh, okay. Like, I saw this. <laughs> I'm not on Twitter, like, constantly. So Danny runs the socials also. Right. Danny runs all our social media stuff. And so I just hop in every now and then just to look at, at stuff. And I did not vote because I did not want to skew the vote. Right. Well, oh, you know what I found out recently? If you have a bunch of accounts for a bunch of multiple Twitter accounts on your phone and you try to vote from all of them on a poll, it doesn't work. <laughs> Twitter knows, and it only counts your one vote. Ooh. Yeah. Twitter knows all. Maybe if you have multiple devices, but if you do it from the same device, it doesn't work. I anyway. think, I want to say that K is for karaoke was like 11% when I looked. Are we doing this by uh, Price is Right rules? Because <laughs> you technically I, what, I didn't know. lose. What are, what are the You're prices You're not playing right against rules? anyone. Oh, It's like closest? closest without going over. Oh, um, okay. I'm going to say then that that's like 11. I want to say collapsible lung more than i want it to be i know that for a fact it's going to be more than i want it to be right so what do you think we got a big song coming up today just you gotta guess 38 percent and then what's your guess for air for free i mean what's left you did what did you say 11 not, and 38 i'm not great at math so whatever's left over <laughs> 11 plus 38 equals 49 percent Okay. So, I mean, you didn't go over, but you're way off. Okay. Because you're saying 51% for Air for Free. It was 80% for Air for Free. Woohoo! 36 people voted. So, again, let's see. 36 <laughs> times 0. 0.8. So, 28 people. 
out of 36 okay. said air for free. Nice. Then 14 people said collapsible lung. Sorry, 14% of people said collapsible oh, okay. lung. And 6% of people said care for karaoke. That's 14% more than should be there. <sighs> You're so mean. On our anniversary of all days. <laughs> this is a joyous occasion. So I just realized, as I was saying, that <laughs> I didn't do this on purpose. But I wrote, air for free. <laughs> Air A for free. <laughs> Nobody called me out on that. They all probably wow. just thought I was an idiot. Because I am. <laughs> I definitely have a problem because I do so much social media stuff with all these accounts that I run. Like, and I, and here's, and I will like write something and I can read it eight times and there's still going to be a typo or a yeah. grammatical error. And my biggest problem is the way that I edit stuff. Like if I, I like write my first tweet and I'm like, oh, this doesn't flow correctly. I'll edit it. But instead of like rewriting it, I go through and I start cutting out words and restructuring. Oh, yeah. When you do that, you can get into trouble. Yeah, because you leave like articles yeah. and things in the sentence that right. don't belong there. That happens to me all the time. But era for free. <laughs> That's how you have to pronounce Is, it from now on. Yes. That's your punishment for well, your, uh, for your <laughs> errors. <laughs> so era for free. Error for free. It was an error for free. That it was. Um, yeah. Album of the decade. That's that's what I'm saying. Not just for Reliant K. Air for free. Album of the decade. Oh, wow. Hot take. Yep. So. Eh, you're not wrong. Okay. Yeah. Good. So. We agree. We agree. Finally, <laughs> ten years. Ten years yeah. We finally <laughs> agreed on something. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's all the top of the show business. Nice. And then, yeah, we're talking about must have done something right. Yes. Because we both must have done something right because we found our life partner. That's right. And we never had to do Tinder. Nope. Or any of those type of things. Nope. We never had we to. We got uh, married before any of those dating apps were a thing. Exactly. Yeah. Back when you still had very limited internet on your on your phone. We had iPhones, though. We we're not that old, folks. No, we had iPhones by the time we were already, like, exclusively dating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So before we met, if you wanted to, like, date online, you had to, like, Eat be like, I something? need to go on the computer. <laughs> right. You just are like... You ever you remember the days of, like, before smartphones when, like, you'd be out and about and you'd think of something that you wanted to look up? Whether it was a fact or like you're thinking like, oh, I need to remember to log in and do something on yep. some account somewhere. Maybe you had a little notepad with you. It's like, when I get home, reminder to Update self. Update MySpace. Update MySpace. <laughs> or you'd have like, yeah, or you just sit on your computer all night and like just try to think of everything you needed to do on the internet. Yeah. As opposed to just be walking down the street and being like, what movies have Kurt Russell, what movies has Kurt Russell done recently? <laughs> <laughs> you the answer is just right there. Yeah, uh, they used to have those like text services where they charged you, but you could like ask questions and they would text you oh, the answer yeah. or whatever. Remember oh, that? Those? Is a super short window of time yeah. for a service. Yeah, it's not like like how the internet has killed certain industries, like travel. Well, it doesn't hasn't killed travel agencies, but it's like the 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 scope of a travel agency industry. How to reduce that? And like record stores have been seriously declined because of the internet. But when you think of certain, yeah, services that only existed for a very short window, <laughs> texting for an answer yep. to a question, it's a very short window of time in which that existed. You text someone who's sitting in front of a computer yeah. to answer the question and then text you back with the answer. 
Man. Or you call up your buddy and be like, hey, oh, you remember that commercial? Oh, yeah. We'll get to we'll get to the song pretty soon. But you remember that commercial? We've definitely talked about this because you love Def Leppard. Pour some shook up ramen. Pour some shook up ramen. That commercial. And though it turns out that guy, I don't remember the name of the podcast, but there's a podcast on the Earwolf Network from the comedy Bang Bang Mm -hmm. thing. It's like Hollywood Handbook. That's it. The guys who host Hollywood Handbook, which I've only listened to a little bit. I'm just saying it's a podcast out there. Maybe some people have heard it. One of that one of those guys did that commercial because I was listening to a comedy bang bang where the Hollywood handbook guys mm. were on and they talked yeah. about that commercial and That's I'm like funny. this is the guy from that commercial <laughs> because the commercial didn't make sense back then. Isn't that the one with Catherine Zeta Jones that she that like phone company or oh, whatever is yeah because she's that's right yeah is she the spokesperson it was t-mobile i think yeah was it t-mobile i'm pretty sure she ends the commercial okay yeah maybe i'd have to see I it think again so but i'm not gonna look it up but <laughs> just to describe this commercial because you know this kind of sets the tone for the song because the song is 2007 this yeah. sets the tone for the song so there's this commercial for let's say t-mobile if that's correct this guy and this girl no Fudge, I'm totally mixing these things up. Oh, no. The Hollywood handbook guy might have been the Rock the Casbah, the Casbah one. Okay, there's two commercials <laughs> where basically, I'm sorry, but there's two commercials out there that I think about all the time because they're like this pre-smartphone world where also the commercials don't make a ton of sense because it's like that's not how technology worked. Okay, I'm sorry. The Hollywood handbook guys were not in a T-Mobile commercial. They were in some other thing where they have a phone that plays MP3s and he starts playing Rock the Casbah by The Clash. And they're walking down the street and they're going, Rock the Cash Box. Oh, yeah, Rock I remember the cash that. Box. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, what are you saying? I'm saying Cash Box. It's like, oh, is those the words? <laughs> but I'm like... You had to download the song. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, the song, the title of the song, the title of the MP3 is Rock the Casbah. Yeah. So how would you... I was like, yeah, it makes sense if you've heard the song on the radio all your whole life, you don't know what the lyrics are. But you had to go online. You had to download the MP3. You had to upload it to your phone. Yeah. And these are this is like a pre-smartphone. This is just a, a, reg, just a phone yeah. that also played MP3s. Remember how you could get, like... Probably had 200 megabytes. It had some form of internet on. It was like really early phones who had that had some form of internet on there. And you <laughs> yeah. could go and you could download the like do, 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 do kind of like yeah, versions yeah, yeah. of songs to your uh, ringtones. Man, back in the day. Yeah. But no, I'm sorry. The T-Mobile commercial, which is not the Hollywood handbook, guys. It is T-Mobile and it is Catherine Zeta-Jones. Okay. So this commercial has a couple in a car or something. They're coupled together. Yep. And they're listening to pour some pour some, <laughs> pour some sugar on me. And they're arguing about the words. Here, let's drop in a clip right here. When you need a cup, pour some sugar ramen. Sugar ramen? Yeah. Soup. Freeze. A call to the library could help her out. Good thing T-Mobile lets her call whenever she wants. Go. It says here, pour some sugar on me. I'm hot, sticky, sweet. Mm-hmm. The most one ever minutes, free long distance in Roman. Only from T-Mobile. Get more. Okay, so there's the thing. So this doesn't, they go to, they call up the library to have them look up the lyrics. It's like, but it's like the world is changing. Like you go home and you turn on your computer you know what I yeah. mean? Or you like you could still find like an internet cafe or a library. Like I remember if I ever got lost 
in the mid 2000s like i'm trying to go somewhere and i get lost uh-huh. i look for a library so well actually i go to the library but i go to the library i don't call the librarian and say hey i'm lost i'm trying to find my way to this place can you tell me where i am i find a computer and i look up MapQuest and i figure out where i am what an ever-changing world we live in how did we get here oh tinder tinder right. gotcha so yeah so tinder nowadays <laughs> is nothing like it was back then oh wait I'm joking. <laughs> anyway. Must have done something must right. Must have done something right. So this is an electric rock instrumentation <laughs> with a subtle use of vocal harmony, Whoa. major key tonality, as well as mallet percussion. Wow, Jessica. That's amazing. You're becoming a real music journalist. I am. How did you write? You wrote that? Pandora let me know that that's that's what their music genome identified. <laughs> Do you want to talk more about old internet stuff? Let's talk about the music genome and how what garbage that was. Right? Because I don't know how Pandora works, but like yeah, like they you you have all these qualities of a song basically if you have Pandora, right? right? And you're like, I really love this song. And this song is by this band. But this song doesn't sound like anything else this band has ever done, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what's a song by a band that doesn't sound anything like anything else. Deathbed by Reliant K. Deathbed by Reliant K. Exactly. That's a really good example, right? Like you think, oh, I really love the song Deathbed. I want more songs like this, like long super long story songs like with all kinds of complex instrumentation so you type in deathbed by relying k and it gives you supertone strike back by the supertones (laughs) because the music genome quote whatever that thing was supposed to mean i think like some person had to review every song and type in what are all the qualities of this this particular song but if you liked a song that had not been had not been mapped by the genome by a real person to type in here are all the qualities of this song then you didn't get another song with that quality it would just go through the regular algorithm of like this band is related to this band and that band is part of this genre yeah because there were all kinds of like very you know specific songs that I liked and it never helped me find another song like that you know what a band that I actually happen all the time was Reggie in the full effect because that's the keyboardist from the get up kids and he had this there are his like first couple of albums with Reggie in the full effect they had very varied types of music on there very specific some had very specific electronic elements and some had very specific hardcore elements and like I want to find more songs exactly like this song but it wouldn't help you at all because yeah. if they didn't, no one reviewed the genome of Reggie and the Full Effect music. Yeah. Do you know who the worst artist for the music genome to try and like track? Lana Del Rey. Early <laughs> Lana Del Rey, like right. a couple years ago, like, you know, Born to Die Through Honeymoon. I would, this was before I had Apple Music. So I was listening to Pandora every now and then. And I'm like, oh, what else do they have for Lana Del Rey? And they'd be like Sarah Bareilles and other, <laughs> like other popular female artists. And I'm like, this doesn't sound anything like Lana Del Rey. Yeah. What is this? It's like they could not peg her and give you something Because no one sounded. was going in and finding yeah. yeah. Oh, internet. <laughs> See, <laughs> everyone's like, the internet's so bad nowadays. In a lot of ways, the internet's better. It helps you find... It helps crack the musical genome <laughs> more than ever before. What an age. 
So must have done something right. This song is performed in B major and is oh. 380 beats per minute. Wow. Nope, nope. 138 beats per minute. Sorry, I am dyslexic. Apologies. <laughs> Sorry. Right. It's a super fast song. Hey, I love you. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. Overall thoughts on the song as we get into it. I like this song. It's pretty good. I don't love it. You know what I mean? Oh. Hot I, take. Hot take. I think it's like super necessary on the album because... Five Score and Seven Years Ago is an album with a lot of like bittersweet songs, like a lot of songs with dark tones that will shift into a happier tone. Mm-hmm. This is a song on here that's just fully happy. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple songs yeah. like that on Five yeah. Score. You know, Crayons Can Melt on this like hair is definitely <laughs> one. Uh, Faking My Own Suicide is a song that musically is happy throughout, but lyrically is very complex and confusing if you delve too deep listen to our faking my own suicide episode for that the two songs that you and i discussed doing for our 10 year anniversary right were this song and the best thing and i actually wanted to do the best thing i was afraid it was going to be something up for getting us slow down (laughs) and you wanted to do must have done something right right i like the best thing a little bit more than must have done something right and in my head actually the best thing is a bit more of a hit than this one, but that's not oh, correct because then no. I looked into it. Yeah. I thought that. I thought that going in, but then I looked into it and like this song that we're talking about this week is definitely played way more. Yeah. Obviously, I know the best thing didn't have best thing didn't have a music video, right? No. No. So I know that this was a single, but the best thing was not. But for some reason, I just thought that the best thing was like a bigger, more enjoyed song. Like sometimes bands have songs that aren't singles, but they're technically more fan favorites. It's probably because you and I listen to the best thing more than yeah. must have done something right. Oh, wait, no, it was a single. I thought it was. Okay, see? It just, it became a single a-, a full month after the album release. Oh, okay. Um, And apparently it does have a video, but I'm not finding it on YouTube. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Conspiracy. <laughs> it got zooped. Wait. Mark Zuckerberg does not own YouTube. Anyway. <laughs> And I, so I was, this song is kind of, this song is one of the peppiest, most straightforward, happy songs on the album. Because there's lots of other happy, positive songs. But even the happiest sort of song on here will have an occasional, like, minor, you know, guitar tone. Mm -hmm. Like, something like, you know, Devastation and Reform and Forgiven. Those are songs that are technically positive lyrically and have upbeat moments in them. But especially Forgiven, Forgiven starts out sounding sort of down, mm-hmm. right? And then it gets lifted up. But you put Must Have Done Something Right, you know, at this point in the record, what track is it? It's uh, track six. I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> its placement in the record totally works out. Yeah. It's to have this like, because... It's you, very poppy. Yeah, it's their pop. It is their poppiest song. And that's one yeah. thing. That's part of the reason why I thought maybe this song wasn't as big as I realized later it was. To me, I was thinking... That there are certain examples of bands that had songs that are probably objectively better on mm-hmm. a record, but the band and or the label say, hey, obviously song number eight is the best song on the record, but song number two 
is the poppiest or the most easily digest by people who have never heard you. You know what I mean? The only example I can particularly... Th- no, actually, this would work for the entire hair metal genre. I was going to say stripers, honestly. But this actually works in the entire hair metal genre, right? Because, like, all those hair metal bands would write these, like, rockin' songs and these, like, awesome yeah. heavy songs. Yeah. Well, for hair metal, heavy songs. Heavier than maybe anything right. else on the radio at the time. But the songs that were always the lead singles were the ballads, mm-hmm. right? And Those were always the higher tracks, the yeah. higher numbered tracks, yeah. Right. So it's like the ballads traditionally, and I'm sure this happens in lots of other styles of music, but the ballads traditionally become the hit singles or the singles that are pushed, whether they become a hit or not. So in my mind, I was like, is must have done something right, like a song that they were like, this is the poppiest, like most digestible song for people who have never heard Reliant K. Let's push this as the single. Yeah. Yeah, like like but his, I think, yeah. Hysteria by Def Leppard. Hysteria, the titular track, is track 10. Right. It's so deep into the <laughs> album. It's a B-side. Well, I mean, maybe also like, I think it's smart if you take your big single and you put it late in the album. Yeah, because then you have to listen all the way through. Yeah. There's a whole... Thing. Well, depending on the media. If you're listening on cassette, you're forced to listen to at least all the way through that, that B-side. And if you're on a record, you can pick which groove you put it on. But There's a whole thing on uh, that they discussed on Blink-155 where it was like the the genome of like track listings on your CD, how track seven is always the best track. Like you put your best song at track seven and like track, I can't remember, it was like three or four is your okay track, <laughs> right? Like right. they had this whole, they had the set list, the track list of CDs like geonomed. It's like, is that the word geonomed? <laughs> I don't know. I'd like, argue that it's track two. On most, like, uh, particularly in the, like, late 90s and early 2000s, all those, like, boy band right. artists, like, yeah, so all the boy band artists, on... yeah, would put, like, the second song would always be whatever the really huge hit was. Okay. So maybe it depends. It's the difference between rock and pop and probably other styles of music. Yeah. It's like, where do you place... And I always think it's the smartest thing. And this is track six, so this doesn't really go with what I'm saying. But I would think, like, you want to put your big song, like... About 75% through the album, which is maybe why track seven works so well. Because if you're, most albums are about seven, mm-hmm. 10, 10 to 14 tracks. Yeah. <laughs> I like this conversation. <laughs> but it's like, you want to put it later in the album because then all the songs leading up to it are more likely to be listened to. Like, I'm trying to remember what was it. Uh, the, well, I know it's the impression that I get, but I'm trying to, I think that was track four. I could be wrong, but. Um, Let's let's face it. Mighty, mighty. I didn't have to write mighty, mighty to find this. <laughs> but yeah, if it's... Uh, oh yeah, I think so. Yep. So Impression That I Get is track four, right? Mm-hmm. And most people who loved the Impression That I Get that did not become Mighty Mighty Boston's fans right. <laughs> don't know the rest of that album. People who owned that album only know the first four tracks on that album right. because they would listen to the first four tracks, get to impression that I get, repeat it a couple times, and then throw the CD out their window. <laughs> so it's like you usually you want to put your your killer track a little later in the album if you're a rock band at least because you want to get all of the lead up to that. So but must have done something right. <laughs> they knew that this was going to be a big song. Yeah. They knew this was going to kind of be, like, the big song from the album yeah. as far as, like, pop standards go because it, they released it early. 
Okay. It was a it was a single. I believe they released it in November of 2006. Mm-hmm. Whereas the album itself came out Oh yeah, in I have early 07. An acoustic performance from well before the album came out. Yeah, and so this single came out and it was packaged with Fallen Man. And right. I remember buying the single off iTunes when it came out in 2006. And it was just this really plain album art that like did not look legit. Is that the one all. where it's like their their silhouettes in different colors? No, it was so it was just a word mark, and I had been trying to find it for years because it was oh. it was green, and then it had like it had the the Reliant K logo, like the the band name in that sort of uh-huh. Reliant K font of the time. Okay, and then under it in like Times New Roman, it just said <laughs> must have done something right bonus version did you look up on discogs i did not look it up on discogs but i had been my battery's dying sorry i had been looking for it for years and then finally while doing my research this week oh you found it jesus freak hideout had it as the picture for their it wasn't actually a review it was just there but i I am correct in saying that the promo single for this was that artwork where it's the silhouettes of them in different colors. Yes. Yeah, it was. I, I don't know. Did anybody else out there have this version from iTunes? So this is what it looked like. Oh, weird. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Does not look legit at all. It's super weird. <laughs> we have to post that. We'll post a picture of this. So on iTunes, I had this and I wish that it was still that way. Unfortunately, the iTunes account that I bought this single on, uh-huh. I don't have anymore because it was, I bought it with my high school email address right. and my high school went out of business like two years <laughs> after I graduated. Right. <laughs> so that email went away and I could never recover anything that I had uh, purchased through have we that tried iTunes account. contacting Apple like directly? Oh, it's been so long now. Uh, they probably closed it or something, right? Yeah. Um, I know, and we should mention this if anyone else out there can also find this because it might be a while while before we ever talk about this song, but Sadie Hawkins dance. Didn't you also wanted to see the artwork from the iTunes Sadie Hawkins dance? It's like some shoes, right? Yeah. Yeah. If anyone out there on the exact same sort of thing, we figured out the, we found the art, this strange artwork from us on something right. But if you remember digital single artwork for Sadie Hawkins dance, where it's like 50 shoes, like shoes from the 1950s yeah. or something. Yes. Please send that to us because Jessica's been looking for that yeah. since well before we started this podcast. Yeah. Like every couple years, Jessica would talk about. It. She's like, "Yeah, I really want to see that artwork again." And yeah. we've looked for it online. I think it was Penny Loafers. I could be wrong, but like, yeah, I can see it in my head. But yeah. Well, you know what they say about Penny Loafers. <laughs> I do. That one saved is one earned. That's right. My my computer is plugged in again. <laughs> And uh But that that art that you showed me, the like proper single artwork, right. it reminds me a lot of the Elm's big surprise cover. Okay. Hold on. I have to look that up. <laughs> and I can mention um while I look that up, Big Elms, what's it called? <laughs> the Elms, <laughs> Big Surprise. Big Surprise the Elms. And while I look that up, uh, they have a few more like colors going, but it's that same sort of silhouette kind of oh, idea yeah. yeah yeah oh that's kind of oh you know what that that plays into what i'm about to say in an, in another way that he would even maybe have mentioned but brady sullivan the brother of tim sullivan the sullivan brothers who are out there <laughs> listening he mentioned from uh, a discussion where i said that this was a song we were doing this week 
that the, that single art of Relying K for this song mm-hmm. with the silhouettes in the different colors reminded him of the cover for the Ever Passing Moment by MXPX. Oh, that's you, the one you know with the squares. Rem- yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what else it reminds me of? Mm-hmm. As you were saying that uh, Green Day International Superheads. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then here's the thing that I'm now kind of putting together because I'm looking at the Elms Big Surprise and I know the point of the artwork for the ever passing moment is supposed to look like um an Elvis Costello record which I don't have in my Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, I know what you're I talking about. I bought it on cassette. Oh, uh Get Happy. So it's supposed to look like the Get Happy artwork. So maybe they're all just kind of derivative. Yeah. Yeah. In a way, I mean, I don't know what else Get Happy might have been referencing or it was like a rock and roll style of artwork from the time, right? So, anyway, my point is <laughs> MXPX Ever Passing Moment was specifically referencing the cover of Get Happy by Elvis Costello. When I look at this Elms artwork, it makes me think of that as well. And then when Brady looks at the artwork for Must Done Something Right, it reminds me of MXPX. So it's almost like a genome of <laughs> musical artwork. <laughs> Similar qualities. If anyone out there, again, has that Sadie Hawkins pot artwork, please send it our way. Sadie Hawkins dance. <laughs> I do that all the time now. If I'm like, I want to listen to Sadie Hawkins dance, I type Sadie Hawkins pod. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's right. Boostar SEO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another note I had about this song. Oh, I didn't really finish saying this, but this song is like, you know, the fact that it's track six and not later, as I said, like you with rock bands, maybe you want to put your single later in the album. Track six is probably as late as they could get it. Because, like, you need this happy lift-up track, this kind of, like, mid-early in the album. You know yeah. what I mean? So maybe I did already say that, and I just repeated myself again. But for some reason, I thought I hadn't actually gotten to that <laughs> point. Anyway, so, Jessica, without looking. Yes. Is it must have done something right or must have done something right? What's the name of the song? Must have done something right. Yes. Yes. But I always get confused. <laughs> And people on YouTube and online definitely get confused. Oh, no. Because it's both ways. Because it kind of makes sense. Must have done something, must have done something right, or must have done something right. I'm thinking now that I should have done a deep dive on must have, and that's why I said, oh, no, because I only did must have done something right. I shouldn't have saved this uh, suggestion (laughs) or this point until now, then. But, like, when I looked on YouTube and stuff... People uploaded it as must have done something right and right. must have done something right. Just like you get in love with the 80s 80S and right. 80s EI uh, uh, GHT <laughs> IES. You get it both ways. Um, and also, you know what else comes up a lot with this? And tell me if this happened in your deep dive the sound of music. Did that come up? No. Because the sound of music has the song, uh, <laughs> darn it, I didn't write it down. Must have, <laughs> I must, uh, it's, that's, it's the song that two leads sing to each other. Doe a deer, a female deer? No, 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 Rage no, no. No. A golden song? no, 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 no. People, I'm sure, already know it, but we're talking about so many different songs right now. Sound of Music. I haven't music. watched Sound of Music since I was a kid. That's one of those movies like, um. Something good. Said something in my youth or childhood. I must have done something good. It's the same sentiment. So 
there is a song in Sound of Music where the the, the Von Trapps, the Von Mr. Trapp, Mr. Von Trapp, <laughs> and Mary Poppins have now admitted that they love each other, right? Yeah, right. And they and they sing to each other quietly with no one else around about how in their childhood they must have done something good to deserve mm. someone as wonderful as each other now that they're falling in love. It's this, basically the same sentiment, except it's a duet to two people singing about each other. Similar, similar, if not exact same sentiment in this song. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot picture that scene in my head. I don't know. Sound of Music was one of those movies that I watched a lot as a child, like Mary Poppins or Lady and the Tramp or Beauty and the Beast, any of those. There's an image. Sure. Here's a single sure. image. I don't know. That like I watched a ton as a kid and just have no desire to watch as an adult. I don't know. Did I see Apologies the- to Sound of Music fans. I almost said Soundgarden. I don't know <laughs> where my head's at. R.I.P. Chris Cornell <laughs> and to all you fans out there. We apologize. Did I save this thing? I found this one guy who did a mashup s- or a no fan no music video no but I will have something to say about that later. Here's a guy who just sings part of the Sound of Music because so- this is the moment I realized the Sound of Music song was similar in title and sentiment to this Reliant K song because I found this guy who just wants to sing a little bit. <laughs> he looks like Martin Landau. Ready. Nothing comes from nothing, nothing ever could, but somewhere in my youth or childhood, I must have done something good. So as I said, it's a guy that looks like a young Martin Landau. That was an outtake from Kids in the Hall. <laughs> Why was he it? looks like the one guy from Kids in the Hall. Oh, Bruce McCullough? Yeah. Oh, he does look like a cross between Bruce McCullough and a young Martin Landau. Yeah. He's got like a mop top haircut. Yeah. <laughs> He's in some sort of park, which to me looks like it's near a municipal building. We don't see a lot of what's around him, but I just imagine that it's like near a town hall or yes, a courthouse. Because yes. he the also exact has same thing. He's filming. He's doing a selfie filming, but in his hand are, is like a is like some papers or some files. Yeah. So I'm like, I think this is like a lawyer <laughs> who found a gazebo in the park next to the courthouse at his lunch break, and he's like, oh, a gazebo, just like that scene from Sound of Music. I'm gonna sing the song for. All of my followers, this is... Good for him. Our Earth. Oh, and he's got 6,000 subscribers. Wow. Uh, Only 165 views on this, though. But Our Earth. A-O-U-R. A-O-U-R. Our Earth. Nice. You know how to spell the word our. I'm just making sure I pronounce correctly. Yeah. So, Sound of Music. That's all I had to say about (laughs) that. And that is a quote from Forrest Gump. Uh... So the Beach Boys part in the middle of this song is nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I like that. There's a tuba. We found out there, there's a tuba there's in this song. There's a tuba. Song. It's like... Yeah. And that's it. It's just that one part. Because we, um, we we're all over the map energy-wise. We really but are. But I'm having fun. <laughs> it's our anniversary. I'm, we're celebrating 10 years of married bliss. So, yeah, we were... Jessica and I, for weeks, every time we bring up the xylophone in Reliant K particularly in the five score era with Schneck, with it on stage with Schneck. Did you want to bring this up? Because you're the one who kind of found out stuff about it. Yeah, because I looked it up because 
in the live at Capitol Studios, they refer to an instrument that looks like a xylophone as the vibes. And I wanted to look up what the instrument specifically was because we keep calling it a xylophone. And I'm like, I don't think it's actually a xylophone. So I looked up vibes as a vibraphone. And then I looked up the difference between a xylophone and a vibraphone. So the main difference between a xylophone and a vibraphone is that while in a xylophone, they use wooden bars, which are thicker and generally stronger, a vibraphone um, uses aluminum bars. Oh, so you can sneak it through the airport. And the bars in a vibraphone are paired with a resonator tube. Okay, nice. Uh, These tubes have butterfly valves on the upper end and are driven by a motor. Right. So Okay. Well, then that makes me wonder, and maybe we need to ask Schneck personally, because I'm like, not personally, but I mean online, maybe tweet at him and ask. It's call like, him up. Call him up. Because <laughs> we've seen footage of him playing what I would have always been calling a xylophone on tour. Like, yes. the vibraphone sounds very complex. Do you bring an instrument like that on tour, or do you just wheel out a xylophone? Because he did, because obviously, so this song has vibraphone or xylophone sounds in it right i could hear i discerned those i didn't discern the tuba until we really started looking for it the 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 bars though appear to be metal oh, and okay. not wooden which is why i oh. thought it was a vibraphone okay you know the other difference between a vibraphone and a xylophone <laughs> one's easier to spell <laughs> um <laughs> I think vibraphone's probably easier to spell. There's a Z and a Y and an O in the other one. Um, but yeah, so I was just... Cause, so we've heard... Because we've seen it in the five score early, uh, you know, leading into collapsible lung days, Schneck playing the vibraphone or the xylophone to songs like In Love With The 80s. Like, instead of doing the keyboard, they, you know... Yeah. He was constantly... They were, they were using it for a lot of songs. They are like, hey, we got on stage, put it, use it for other songs. So, what is it called? And it's very delightful in this. It is delightful in this. It is. Because this is a very... It sort of carries it, you know? The like, yeah. don't, 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 I don't know. I and like I mentioned it. it before, but this is sort of a Beach Boys, like, there's certain songs that, like, it's, you know, we know that Beach Boys is a major influence on Tyson. Mm-hmm. And then there's some of those, like, one-to-one Beach Boys influences. Like, oh, this is, like, you know directly uh like the uh what we did last week old lang syne mm-hmm. you know what i mean things that just sound flat out beach boys you know but then there's other times where a song like this or i'm thinking of another one uh faking my own suicide mm-hmm. where if you hear it you might not necessarily at first think this is the beach boys but if you kind of listen to it and you hear for that genome <laughs> that musical genome <laughs> you're like oh there's clearly a Beach Boys influence here makes me think of uh, Evil Dead. I know this is a crazy comparison, <laughs> but how okay. the first Evil Dead, which is not the funny one, it's right. like the really horrifying one. A major influence right away on that movie was the Three Stooges, mm-hmm. and the Three Stooges influence is way more obvious in Two and yeah. Army of Darkness. Yeah, but the in, the Three Stooges influence was there in Evil Dead One. It's just that that's such a it was so much more horrific subtle. movie yeah. that it's more subtle. So sometimes you have these Beach Boys influences in Tyson's writing and their produ- in the band's production that are obvious when you hear them, but they're not that obvious at first yeah <laughs> yeah 
So, what else? What uh, else did, I, did you have any other notes? Because I, I have a few more notes. The single version of this song runs three minutes and seven seconds long. However, the album and the music video versions mm-hmm. are three minutes and 19 seconds. Oh, um, do you know what accounts for that? There's an added chorus and a fade out at the end, whereas the single just cuts out. Well, I knew that. I did not realize that before we, we announced that this is the song we're doing this week. But, oh, and in general podcast business i want to always keep three weeks ahead as much as we can maybe two weeks ahead on letting our listeners know what songs we're going to be doing because we want people to be able to send us their thoughts on the songs and covers and stuff like that with christmas Mm -hmm. we wanted to keep those a secret and so it was hard to keep ahead of but um, new year new us new year new us keeping ahead of no skits (laughs) and letting people know at least three weeks in advance because other podcasts other song by song podcasts leave the song totally a Mm -hmm. mystery but i want everyone as much as possible if they want to to be involved in letting us know things that they feel about the songs so what was my point (laughs) (laughs) oh um danosaurus who changed their name i don't like that because we named them Now their name is Mary Lynn, Mar- uh, Mary Lewin, you know. This is just as confusing as Dionysus, Dino- their original name. I think they're usually puns. Here's their, here's their new name. How would you pronounce that? Mary Lude, you know. Mary Lude, you know. We have no idea. At, go with the at, standing. So at, you can see my socks. There you go. Let me know. When I now talked about this, and then that's the conversation that Brady got in about the MXPX comparison he had about the artwork, about the fade-out version. And you can find multiple, they're kind of at random, but you can find multiple uh, YouTube videos where fans have made you know fan videos. Some have the fade-out and some don't. And apparently the non-fade-out version was more available when the single uh, as a digital single Mm. like it was apparently on their myspace or their pure volume or whatever like their early days yeah uh, you those early internet like ways of releasing a song ahead of time yeah i remember that because we'll talk about the song apathetic eventually but i remember hearing the song apathetic on their myspace page before the apathetic ep came out right and i had to like i didn't know how to rip a song off of myspace it probably (laughs) Wasn't maybe was possible, but it was hard to do. So I like had to like rip the audio out of my speakers. Remember when you could have your own music player on MySpace and you could pick from your favorite MySpace music artist, like what songs you wanted to play when people came to your website. And then if you had your computer speakers on too loud, it was like and suddenly start playing something you didn't want to listen to on your friend's page. Yeah, remember when MySpace (laughs) MySpace had no limitations on what you could drop in HTML wise. So if like you went to somebody's page. And it was like <laughs> a, like a 500 megabyte HTML file you're trying to load. It would like, like crash your computer. And like all the scrolling things. Yeah. And yeah. Oh man. I was I was actually going to bring up MySpace and Pure Volume because I came across a site that I don't believe I've come across before in my deep dive called WikiWand. And it's a little more in depth than the regular wiki. And they had let me know that the song can now be heard on my on Reliant Case MySpace page and Pure Volume pages. Oh, there you go. So I was right. Um, and they I was also just guessing let, that, so. they also let me know that this song was downloadable for Rock Band Three, which makes I, me I super bummed. Yeah. yeah, it makes me super bummed that well, I, I was a Guitar Hero it. girl. And according to Lyric Wiki, it is also available for Rock Band Four and Rock Band Blitz. 
and it's still available. So if you have oh. an Xbox One or a PS4, you can still get this for Rock Band. Oh, okay. They're still available. It's like for $1.99 to download, and you can still play this. Oh, cool. Well, we mentioned it, but let's real quick just compare the fade out with the non fade out. Here's the song, as most people know it, with the fade out. And then here's one I found uh, where someone uploaded. This is some of the uploads of the non fade out version sound really bad because they're probably like 32 kilobyte MP3s that someone had. But here's one of the better sounding ones that I found of no fade out. So that's it without the fade out. Yeah. What do you what do you like better? Because I'm 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 a little torn now, but I think I like no fade out better. Yeah, same. And and that's the version that I'm most familiar with. Oh, you're with. more familiar with that already. Because yeah. that's right, because you got it before the album came out. Yeah, I that did was not. The single I had, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think we talked about this in a previous five score episode, but like five score was one of the albums that I didn't get when it first came out. We actually mm-hmm. would have already known each other. Yes. But I was so busy with college and stuff that I was pretty much just set in the music I had. Yeah. And while a band I like, because I didn't, I didn't pay attention to Panic by MXPX for the exact same reason. And MXPX and Reliant K were been tour basically for these albums. And I didn't really give time to either album. Yeah. And I, I went to that tour in yeah, college. That, yeah, we saw Reliant K at a couple times in college, but we just didn't follow their like newer music at the time. Yeah. Either one of us, I guess because we were just so, so busy. busy. It's like, I've got my music. Yeah. I've got all the CDs I own. Yeah. I'll go pick up something new once in a while, but I've got no time for learning about new music or paying attention. So at the time, yeah, both, I didn't have this record. Both Five Score and Forget Not Slow Down kind of passed us by a little yeah. bit because it was during those years. Plus you had you had only been into Reliant K for a couple years at this point. So you yeah. were kind of still in the honeymoon phase. Yes. <laughs> which we're also still in at ten years of marriage. Can you believe it? It's true. But for me, I'd already been listening to Reliant K for we're talking two thousand seven, so I'd already been listening to them for like eight years. Yeah. So um yeah, I was like, yo, Reliant K's got a new album and I'll check it out at some point. Probably download MP threes illegally, burn them on the blank CDs. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so i definitely did not know about the sing the digital single that was released ahead of the album but now that i've heard and really paid attention to no fade out i'm like oh i like no the no fade out better but because <laughs> i remember being excited that reliant k had a new album and i down and i so of course i bought from itunes the single for must have done something right as soon as it was available and i think maybe there was a second one that came out ahead of time maybe okay. it didn't i can't I can't completely remember now. I know I definitely had the best thing. The songs that I know for sure that I listened to off of this album when it was new were The Best Thing, Must Have Done Something Right, um, right. and Faking My Own Suicide. And every now and then I listen to Come Right Out and Say It. But those were the main ones. Because again, we've talked about before how Up and Up, we both think of as being more of a Birds and the B-Sides right. track. Because by the time we were in our courtship... <laughs> and done with college. Bird and the B-Sides came out and we were much more excited about that being a new album. And we listened to that in the car all the time together. Yeah. And But we had never had that period with Five Score and Seven Years Ago, even though we were in our 
uh, even though I had made my intentions known to you <laughs> in those early days. <laughs> so uh, I just want to do an experiment real quick because I'm thinking about the fade out and I'm like, maybe as I was talking so much about, you know, track lists and stuff, let's hear, and I'm not going to cut this in and post. So let's just play this from my computer. Let's listen to the fade out, the non fade out version go into Give Until There's Nothing Left and see how that would have felt if it was on the album that way. I guess that works too. Yeah. It works with or without the fade out. Yeah. But I'm just wondering if they added the fade out because they were like, it kind of, because that, that sort of U2 mm-hmm. guitar that they have in yeah. Until There's Nothing Left, I'm wondering if they thought a fade out would lead into that in a better it's or like, more yeah, dramatic way. Like a, yeah. But it would have worked either way, really. Maybe. Yeah. That's what, it's, that's what it feels like to me right now anyway. Agreed. That's pretty much all the discussion, I notes I have about the song. I do like it, uh, but like I said, it's it feels like... If I was if they were a heavy metal band and I was a big metal head, this would be like, oh man, this is their ballad. That's it's okay, but I want the rockin' songs. You know what I mean? I do want to talk though about like the Christ parallels or the you know the those possible lyrical interpretations because <laughs> I've always assumed this is about the songs about a girl. Well, yes. We got a couple more songs, and that's okay. <laughs> uh, that's fine, Tyson. But hold on one second. <laughs> YouTube started playing in the background. Um, so yeah, I've always had the songs about a girl, and I didn't even really see the video until a couple years ago, like right, you know, as we were kind of getting mm-hmm. into Reliant K again with Air for Free coming out. I'm like, oh, there's this video, a couple of videos I never watched. I watched that. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's about a girl, <laughs> right? But then I started listening to this and like, I was like, this could definitely be perceived as a song about Jesus again. And yeah. this is not one that I could, like, contest necessarily. There are some small lines that it would be weird to say this is about Jesus. But the song as a whole, like, the whole thing of it, it could be... I don't know if allegory is the word, metaphor is the right word. I'm not sure. But it could be a parallel to either a romantic relationship or the romance that you... You know, the right. the, 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 the relationship you have with, with Christ. Yeah. Yeah, however you want to perceive it. Who, in a way, is the third member of our marriage. Ten years of me and you married with Jesus. Isn't that how it works? Yes. You look very uh, (laughs) upset that I'm funny. (laughs) So anyway, must have done something right. Um, Yes, yeah, no, I came across that with um, from a website called Song Facts, as well as Song Meanings. People kind of debating... Uh, who it was about and having sort of strong opinions on both sides. Right. To me, the argument that, and and I think maybe they probably worded it so that it could be open to whatever interpretation, what pushes me more towards the fact that it's about a girl, and it's just a song I've always thought was about a girl, is the line, and I know that it's so cliche to tell you that every day I spend with you is a new best day of my life. Everyone watching us just turns away with disgust. Oh, right, right, It's right. jealousy they can see. We've got it going on. Yeah, that line can't be about Jesus. That line can't really be interpreted as, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a similar line when it's like, um, 
Lands easier to talk about you this way to push them in. It's so very obvious to everyone watching us, to everyone watching us, that we've got a real good thing going on. Yeah. Because that's almost like living as a beacon. You know, that's like the idea of like live through Christ so brightly that everyone sees you and, and wonders that that guy's got a good thing going on. What what have you got going on? Oh, have I have you heard about Jesus? Have you heard the good word? But to say everyone turns away in disgust. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... Everyone watching us turns everyone. away in disgust especially because you could i mean like i mean I feel but like now I'm, i kind of just want to see a music video where teason's like playing frisbee with jesus or something i was <laughs> gonna make that same joke because yeah it's like yeah that line just doesn't work for it being unless you know songs can be about multiple things so you could this could like essentially he it could have been like i'm gonna throw this line in there to get kids off the trail because we're a ministry band at this point <laughs> and we're out there rocking for Christ. And Were they still a ministry band at this point? I don't think so. I, I think that they, I don't, I think that they cease to be a ministry band with, mm-hmm. Maybe. Personally. Yeah. That's just how I feel. I mean, in the sense that like when they were the first three albums, they weren't as huge as they became. So like they were out there like actually like talking to kids after shows. Yeah. Like me, right? But I was already saved, so it's like, yeah, I know about Jesus or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, when then once they become like really, really big and they're playing like lots of different things, mainstream festivals or whatever, and your music is everywhere. And they're maybe not ta- they're not taking those moments to even on stage bring up any sort of yeah. major, you know, religious points or anything. Because yeah. I've seen in earlier performances, because unfortunately I never saw them before mm-hmm. Right. I saw them during the mm-hmm tour for the first time. What was it? It was the song we we were watching that footage together. It was it was a song that he's like, This song is about um the Chronicles of Narnia. And we were like, Oh, is it gonna be always winter, never Christmas? And it was like, No, it was um Oh yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was like, oh, what's that song? I can't think of it now. But it's like it was it just some... blew my mind and made me angry. Right, it I was think. something off one of the first two or three albums, and we're like, that's not. That's like no. that's about like, what? Yeah, oh, I'll look up. I'll look up what that one was. But it's like yeah. So it's like yeah. He would more directly, especially the cornerstone footage is out there. It's like hey everyone, you know, he'd be more open. They'd be they would be more open about talking about Christ up on stage. Yeah, but by the time I saw them during, mm-hmm, they were no longer doing that. Now they were opening in the For first show band. that I saw. Yeah, and maybe there's just a sort of an adaptation that you have to take, an adaptation. I don't know how to pronounce that word, <laughs> but that you have to take when you become a major label band, and maybe you still consider yourself a ministry, but you have to be a ministry in a different way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you are trying to achieve more popularity and success to bring more people to Christ, then do you have to adapt, like, your method? Like, do you have to become less open about it overall? You know what I mean? I don't Mm. know. Like, that's not for us to know because we're neither ministers nor rockers (laughs) for Christ. Speak for yourself. Yeah, it's an interesting thing to think about. So, yeah, this... So, yeah, so this is a song that, like, I do think it's just about a girl, but yeah, I do think that the best thing, and we'll talk about that one someday, but I do think that the best thing is probably actually about Christ 
and it's supposed it, it's like you switch the babies oh. with Jesus. No, is it the best thing? Wait, what am I thinking? Not the best. I thing. don't think you're. No, thinking what song of the best are you? Thing. What? No, no, no. Because no. I don't know why he would say. No, um, I'm, I'm, Jesus. When we first met, you should have said, "Nice uh, to meet you." I'm your other. Half. Then I'm mixing up the titles, just like you've been doing all week. What's the song that you think is definitely about Jesus, but it was a it was a single? Be my escape. Be my escape. That's what I meant to say. They both start with B's, and they both start with B E. <laughs> Anyway, we are Reliant K fans. Yes. Yeah, no, Be My Escape is kind of funny because with most of these, I'm either like, ah, it's open to interpretation or no, this is definitely about a girl. But with Be My Escape, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that is definitely about the Lord. Right. Like, It kind of reminds me, it reminds me also of Creed and Arms Wide Open <laughs> because like everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's a Christian and he's got his arms wide open for the Lord. I'm like, that's not what the song's about. First of all, like, I don't really, I don't remember anymore. Like the ins and outs of I never was never a Creed fan. I don't remember the ins and outs of Scott Stapp's faith, but I think he basically said he's like I don't really believe in. I think he said something like that. It was definitely something people talked about more because like so many kids in my church were like liked Creed or wanted to like Creed, so there was like more discussion about is Scott Stapp a Christian or not. But point is, Arms Wide Open is about him greeting his child into the world with arms wide open it's about his baby being born he's like i have my arms wide open welcome to the world but then like you would see like i would see like vh1 like panel shows and they would say like oh he's 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 like oh, i got my arms open for you jesus and i'm like that's not what the song's about <laughs> i never thought much about creed or about with arms wide open other than i think it was the first time i slow danced with a boy in middle school who, the, who was he <laughs> You tell me who he is right now. You tell me where he lives. So, did you want to get into the deep dive? Sure, let's do it. Let's deep dive, babe. <laughs> Man, again with this song, I was thinking, so this was a pretty big song. Uh-huh. Single, music video. I was hoping I would find some really great like blog stuff and right. craziness. I mean, the goofiest stuff I found was just fanfic. Nice. There, uh, there are quite a few fanfics titled okay. Must Have Done Something Right. Yep. At least three Harry Potter ones that I came across in my deep dive. Uh, one claiming to be loosely based on the song that is a Harry Ginny pairing. Uh, then there's a Snape slash Lily Potter one. And I know. <laughs> finally an Albus Potter slash Scorpius Malfoy. Uh, yeah, there's there's an April. <laughs> that's not, April, that's not professional. Uh, <laughs> Our podcast engineer said it's time for my union sanctioned break. She's like, I don't yeah. care if you're recording. Um, yeah. Um, so there's a, yet another Harry Potter fanfic that just has must have done something right as a chapter title with the note of listen to it if you haven't. It's the perfect Lily slash James song. What's with all these minor character fics from Harry Potter? <laughs> like, is does Harry Potter, like, is that the franchise that has the most fanfics out there? Like, oh, so I know, weird. Maybe. I don't know. Um... Uh, then there was. Why a would I know that? I don't know. <laughs> just I don't know. You spend a lot of time on the internet. Maybe you just know. Maybe you saw an article once. I don't know. Um, there was a Naruto one, a Voltron one, and a Glee one as well. Okay. Well, Naruto is just Ninja Harry Potter, so that makes sense. <laughs> is that what it is? Sort of. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, this song is so big that on page seven of Google search results, it's a link to Bing search results, <laughs> which what? I've not ever come across before in my deep dives, where it was like on page seven, it was like Bing. And I'm like, and that's like you weird. And I something dirty. <laughs> Bing and Google are like, close the door. <laughs> into it and sure enough it was just big search results for <laughs> this song by reliant k nice <laughs> let's see oh and then i found and i'm just gonna read a snippet from the cbn.com review okay because they did one for the whole album the elation is palpable on the best thing which <laughs> give me that april is also elated give me that I'm the bad guy. <laughs> so as you were saying. Uh, the elation is palpable on the best thing, which veers giddily between majestic piano flourishes and punked out bliss delivering a at breakneck speed. And the happy state of mind lights up the exuberant first single must have done something right as well. This song represents something that I've wanted to create for a long time, explains Thiessen. It's not a political commentary or a tear-jerking emotional piece. It's a feel-good fun song written at 3 a.m. with a smirk on my face. The song turned out to be something that you can tap your foot to and smile to. Yeah. Yeah, not those. Not one of those typical Reliant <laughs> K political songs. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now I'm just like, do I need to re-examine like rely like everything up to this point relying k where are these political songs one of those anarcho-punk songs um i also want to read this part where they go into working with a different producer on this album okay reliant k recorded most of the album in los angeles with producer howard benson who did Less Than Jake and My Chemical Romance and uh, mm-hmm. All American Rejects. I was honestly pretty nervous. I'm playing tug of war with this. <laughs> I'm trying to keep her preoccupied. <laughs> it's so distracting. Um, <laughs> I was honestly pretty nervous, confesses lead guitarist Matt Hoops. We'd never really worked with any other producer beside Mark Lee Townsend. He did everything from our first demo all the way up to the last album. But it was a good experience working with Howard. Benson quickly assuaged Hoops' jitters, creating a supportive environment and bringing a fresh perspective to the band's music. When their tight recording schedule drew to a close, most of the band scattered to their respective homes for a quick break before the Nintendo Fusion Tour. Originally based in Canton, Ohio, the band now lives all over the place, as Hoops described. He and Schneck live in Nashville, Warren lives in Denver, and Thiessen and Douglas remain in Ohio. After L.A., Hoops put Thiessen up in his place, and the two worked in a Nashville studio with producer Townsend, where they recorded most of Plead the Fifth, Deathbed, and Crans Can Melt on Us for All I Care. Sweet. That's the kind of amazing inside information you get from Jessica's deep dive. <laughs> well, I try to keep the dog and CBN.com. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess this song is just bigger than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> there is the music video. We haven't really talked about that. Yeah. Did you have anything? And then there's the... There's the, the making of the, the making music video. The making of the music video that's on the um, special edition of the album. Online, I found there's like a short version, which is like about a minute. Where they kind of edited it down. I don't oh, know if it was made for the internet or what. Yeah. And then the, you can find the full, the sort of full version that's like over half an hour on YouTube. 
it's also, like I said, on the DVD for the special edition of the album. Oh, I thought it was only seven and a half minutes. I've only, I think I've only watched the seven and a half minute one. Well, hold on. Let me see if I'm just, yeah, it's only seven and a half minutes. <laughs> I was going to say, sorry. I think there's a longer for the making of the album. Right. Yeah, 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 that must be what I'm thinking of. I'm sorry. So did you have anything you want to say about this video in general? Oh, did you, do you know who the director of this music video is? No. It's the same director of 500 Days of Summer and the oh, amazing Spider-Man movies. He got to direct those because his last name is Webb. <laughs> um, he also directed the Ocean Ave- Avenue music video by oh, Yellow okay. Card. Yeah, this have, yeah. has that quality. Yeah. Interesting. You know, uh, speaking... Oh, speaking of 500 Days of Summer and our 10-year wedding anniversary... We saw 500 Days of Summer we did. on our honeymoon. We did. We went on a cruise to Hawaii, and they had on-the-deck movies most nights. And we didn't actually... We didn't go to most of them. But I was like, oh, we really want to go... I wanted to go see Time Traveler's Wife, and Jessica's like, I'm not watching that on my honeymoon. It's probably going to be sad. You know what else we shouldn't have watched on our honeymoon? 500 Days of Summer. <laughs> yeah, because Jessica was like, oh, this will just be fun and light and fun and stuff. It's like... 500 Days of Summer, if you've never seen it, this is what was amazing about it for me personally. And maybe this is actually kind of bad now that we live in insult, now that we there is insult culture. But the thing about 500 Days of Summer is it is a perfect breakup movie from the guy's point of view. And maybe in a way you can say that's lopsided because, you know, there's so much stuff from the male point of view that it's yes. not really fair. Yes. But I had never seen a breakup movie done. And the thing is... We've we've hinted around it. I've only ever dated one person in my life, and she's sitting across the table from me. And when we broke up, like those little things that they captured in the movie, like you wake up and you, there's not even that moment where you think, "Oh, I'm going to start my day," and then you realize you've been broken up with. You realize you, it's like no, the second you wake up, you're you you still remember like sleep was barely a reprieve from, and you wake up and you stare at the clock and. There's no reason to go on and like, not, not, not in a suicidal way, but you know, there's no, you feel like there's no reason for anything. Jessica's like making these uncomfortable looks on her face. But anyway, the point is when we watched 500 Days of Summer, I'm like, that is exactly what it was like when we were broken up. (laughs) And you think about when you're going to run into the person or the girl, like socially, and you have these sort of expectations about how, and there's that whole expectation reality thing where they did a split screen of his expectation of running into her to party, right. and the reality. I was like, this is amazing. And we watched it. I don't know if it'll hold up nowadays. I'm just saying, I haven't seen it in 10 years since our honeymoon. But yeah. <laughs> just so we watched it on our honeymoon, and I'm like, that's what it was like when you broke up with me. Jessica has nothing to say. She's like, I hate this discussion. I was not a fan of 500 Days of Summer. (laughs) But you were a fan of this video in which Matt Thiessen runs around a tamale cart. (laughs) (laughs) I love in the making of where he's like talking about the tamale cart and he's like, oh, there's a tamale cart. I... (laughs) I guess that's a thing. Is it just a Los Angeles thing? I don't know. I don't live here. And I'm like, that's so funny and adorable. We've lived in Los Angeles for a long time now. And I had only finally had a tamale like this year or last year. No, it's 2020 now. But like last year is the first time I had a tamale. 
That's not exactly true. No, I had them in Brooklyn one time when we lived in New York, but I didn't really know how to do it. I like opened it up and I scraped all the stuff out. I definitely tried to eat through the corn husk, not knowing what it was. It was like at a wrap party. They had tamales out. I had no idea how to eat them. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think... I think I've only had one once when we lived in Chicago. We have lived in like all the major cities, <laughs> folks. Um, <laughs> because a coworker brought them in yeah. one day um, because it was her family's uh, I said, yeah, like, like Christmas tradition story. or something like that. Yeah. Right. So yeah, there is the making of. Did you have any other? Did you, was there anything else you remember from that making of video? Because I didn't. I didn't rewatch it. To uh, be yeah, because we we watched it. Oh, like a, like a couple months ago, and I only watched rewatched a little bit of it in uh, preparation. Okay, for, for this this podcast episode, the only location I absolutely recognize from real life is the li- is the LA Library, Echo Lake Park. Uh, oh, what? they're shooting at Echo Lake Park. Oh, that whole scene where they're like playing outdoors. Oh, okay, totally Echo Lake Park. I'm watching it right now quietly in the background. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever, they should have they should have shot it in the valley. <laughs> you know, like you, you don't think it's professional podcast thing? Just gonna be like whatever. <laughs> April's acting up. I'm acting up. Jessica's the only professional here tonight. So we didn't even bring up the soccer ball, but it's such a weird concept to a video for a video. To be quite honest. <laughs> It's this like fun. Is, this is so mid two thousands though. Like, yeah. oh, they're bonding over soccer. He's chasing a soccer ball. She's all into soccer. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird video to be. It's not weird in like it's like so strange or whatever. It's just like this was the idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a it's fun. I'm kind of I'm split on it. It's like it's fun and any Reliant K video where they're out there doing more than just playing. That's great. Yeah. But it's just such a bizarre concept, and it's kind of fun the first times I watch it. But then I'm like, "What was the idea, and why did why did this represent the song?" Did you know this, what I mean? Did this come out the same year as that? That um, I think there was an Ab- Amanda Bynes soccer movie. <laughs> oh, why are you thinking of uh, Bend It Like Beckham? No, Bend It Like Beckham is one. Which I don't know when did that one come out. Did that come out the same? That year? came out in like two thousand two or three. She's the man, maybe. Is that is, is that she's the, the man of soccer Bynes movie? I have no movie? idea. I think she plays soccer. In a movie. <laughs> well, when I no? type in, in Google Amanda Bynes soccer, what I get is me talking as slow as possible because <laughs> the internet is going real slow. Amanda Bynes soccer. I get a bunch of pictures of random girls playing soccer. Yeah, she's the man. Is a soccer yeah. movie. Yep. Yeah. What year was that? Uh, that's 2006. So See? maybe this is very she's the man inspired. Yeah. And also, what year was Bend It Like Beckham? Oh, you're really running me through my paces tonight, Jessica. <laughs> there was a time in the mid-2000s when it was like soccer was like the thing. Right. Like people being out playing soccer was totally a thing. Right after we moved to LA, we went to one soccer game and we were like, for the gal- for the Galaxy, and we are like, where's Beckham? Where's Beckham? And we found out he had like left the team like pretty much the week we moved there. 2002 was Bend It Like Beckham. Oh, okay. So not quite. So, uh, yeah, everyone in this universe of this video knows how to play soccer, just like how everyone in movies nowadays knows how to do martial arts. Yeah. And um, the story just kind of fizzles out in the end. Because that's another, that's probably, so it's it's like, not the music video I would have wanted or asked for or whatever, 
But my yeah. main complaint about it is that the way it's resolved is he just kicks it at the construction worker. And then the girlfriend shows back up and they hug and they walk off. I'm like, there's no like clever resolution to this whole thing. Yeah. Like, that's it. He just kicks it at one last guy. She's not like a special person or like kicks it or she grabs it or something. Right. Like she and she's got goalie gloves on to <laughs> let you know that it's okay for her to <laughs> use her hands. Yeah, I don't know. I like that you felt the need to go into like the rules of soccer or whatever. <laughs> like, oh, only the goalie can touch it. Yeah, well, we can get into other versions of the song then. I feel like we've given the music video its due. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, so you and I aren't big late night fans. Uh Uh-huh. But there was one late night show that you used to watch, and every now and then you'll watch it now. Uh Uh-huh. Which is Conan O'Brien. Okay. Did you know that Reliant K played this song on Conan O'Brien? You know what must be happening is you keep finding these off of YouTube. Yes. Because I think YouTube takes them down. down Because of copyright. Yeah. And so I find them on these weird niche websites that have not been active since like 2007. Right. And I think like there's one Jay Leno clip of uh, maybe Be My Escape or something that is on YouTube, but for some reason that one's not down. But I actually tried to upload to one of my, like, tertiary YouTube channels. the uh, <laughs> To one of your burner YouTubes. Yeah, <laughs> to one of my burner <laughs> YouTubes. I tried to upload the Christmas uh, Tonight Show footage we found, and I didn't even make it public. So creepy. Oh, my god! I didn't even make it public, and they're like... Your video has been flagged for copyright. It is blocked in wow. all countries. Oh my gosh. It was manually reviewed by someone who, on behalf of the copyright holder. Wow. So, like, someone at Universal watched my privately posted video. Weird. So, I'm like, I didn't know it could work that way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you can't even host private videos on there if they th- if it, rem- if it uh, retains yeah. a copyright. And I guess if someone thinks if a copyright is matched, then the copyright holder gets to watch it on your, even though it's posted privately. Wow. Yikes. Yeah. That's. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Well, <laughs> luckily, the folks over at Universal haven't gotten a hold of Adobe.com. I-D-O-B-I dot com. And here is this. On March 9th, my next guest will headline at the Nokia Theater in Times Square. Tonight, to hear with a song from their new album, Five Score and Seven Years Ago, which hits stores on Tuesday. Please welcome Reliant K. We should get jerseys, cause we make a good team But yours would look better than mine, cause you're out of my league And I know that it's so cliche to tell you that every day I spend with you Is a new best day of my life, everyone watching us turns away with disgust It's jealousy they can see, and we've got it going on Time. 
that's really cool. <laughs> that's neat. That's actually one of the better sounding live versions when we get into live versions I did find. Uh, it's more acoustic. I mean, we didn't, yeah, I didn't actually play the rockin' part. Does it get more rockin' after that? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Um, and you can see Schneck over playing the, the, the maybe vibraphone, maybe xylophone, maybe something else. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Let us know. <laughs> um, um, yeah, and Tyson has a very, he's got like pretty Tyson singing voice. Oh, yeah. Here, which is not. He's a little bit more breathy. Yeah. You improve way how to know you more <laughs> to me than now I know how to say. He sounds exactly like that. <laughs> he does. Um, yeah, that's really cool, especially hearing Conan O'Brien say, Reliant K. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Conan O'Brien thing. Um, that's cool. Thank you for finding that. I'm going to check out more of that later. So, well, speaking of rare versions of the song, because this is pretty rare that it's not on easily found channels like YouTube, apparently Rap- Rhapsody, remember Rhapsody was like an audio website? Yeah. They had Rhapsody originals, just like how nowadays you have Spotify oh, originals or Spotify sessions or whatever. They had Rhapsody originals, which were sessions that I guess they did for them, which are now like really difficult and rare to find. But the Techno Nut One... <laughs> uploaded this to sound to uh soundcloud the second track of the no longer available 2007 rhapsody originals ep by reliant k oh wow uh it featured four live tracks from the band's 2007 album a cover single and a song from their 2004 album Mm mm-hmm all rights go to Matt Thiessen and Reliant K. <laughs> if you say so, how do you know they don't go to Rhapsody? Um, so here's that Rhapsody original of Must Have Done Something Right. We should get jerseys, cause we make a good team. But yours would look better than mine, cause you're out of my league. And I know that it's so cliche to tell you that every day I spend with you is a new best day of my life. Everyone watching us turns away with disgust. It's jealousy they can see. So that's the Rhapsody original. That's and nice. Yeah, it's more acoustic. Yeah. Which, by the way, is the theme of all the covers. <laughs> They're all just acoustic solo covers. Okay. So luckily, that, that means we don't really have that many to play. Because, I'm sorry, like Curl Up and Die, when you have a ton of single solo acoustic covers. Yeah. I'm only going to pick out like the really unique sounding stuff. Right. April's really on the move tonight. <laughs> she is. So here, oh, we heard a little bit of this earlier, if we didn't cut it out. This this is the video that started playing in the background on my computer at one point tonight. This is Rock the Boat, which I don't know what that means. Rock the Boat Concert. Oh, oh I that's saw right. That. I saw Do that. Do you know what it's for? This is ridiculous. Uh, Republican voting? I don't know. Like, oh, Rock not, the Vote tends vote. to be very no, Democrat-slatted. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying because Rock the Vote 
is supposed to be like, hey, young college age kids, yeah. get out there and vote. But it's very much slanted towards the Democratic Party. So right. I was like, is Rock the Boat like the Republican version? <laughs> and we know. get Christian artists? I don't know. <laughs> because Rock the Boat is the Evan Almighty premiere. Apparently a concert oh for the movie Evan Almighty. What? January 11th. What? Or June 11th. 2007, Reliant K wow. played some sort of concert for the premiere of Evan Almighty. Wow. And okay. this is what it sounded like. Well, we got a couple more songs, and that's okay with you guys. Listen how excited all those girls are to see Evan Almighty. <laughs> and that's okay with you guys. Like, Kevin's like, I know that's okay with you guys. He didn't say if, he said and. <laughs> You know what we think? We think that you guys are really nice, and uh, I'll go as far as to say wonderful. And uh, we want to thank you guys for being so nice to us. Uh, He's vamping about as well as I do when I can't get the <laughs> like, internet to work. Where's he going with this train of thought? <laughs> He's waiting for the page to load, and he's like, <laughs> keep, keep, keep vamping, keep vamping. Must have done something right. We should get because we make a good team. What's with that like drum machine yeah, beatbox that's, thing? That's I don't know, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it a lot. It's a little different. It, it is, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know if I found that in any other thing, but no, yeah, I think they actually did that in a couple different shows. Because hmm. I did find a bunch of live videos and I didn't save them all. But yeah, I found that electronic rhythm hmm. some on some other videos. Uh, that version's good. Do you remember when we did Faking My Own Suicide, we discovered that Reliant K played an Apple store in San Francisco? Yes. <laughs> well... They played it again. There's, a, I mean, they played wow. this song at that as well. Oh, okay. I was going to say, wow, they did it more than no, once? Because that, no. that feels like a one and done kind of yeah. gig. I think same show, they played this song as well. It's got like a cool sort of sliding guitar sound, but I didn't see like a sliding guitar. And I'm like, I guess it's one of them playing their guitar to sound slidey. Whatever. Check it out. <laughs> Apple Store. I'm not going to play it right now, but Apple Store, Reliant K, must have done something right. Um... This one is what I found interesting because you basically told me, explained it to me before I needed to discuss it. But in 2006, for KOBFM, the pop something channel, the pop, so for KOBFM, Reliant K, this is so strange to me. It's just the mats on acoustic guitar. And then they oh, have wow. an iPod, like a 2006 iPod. Like an iPod video. In an iPod, yeah set up in a dock yeah. for all the instrumentation. Interesting. This is basically like bomb the music industry. Like this is Jeff Rosenstock. <laughs> like this is how he did his whole thing. Like just the one, you know, all the extra instruments. So this is in a way, this is very, this is the most punk rock they've ever been. Jersey, 
so is this in a church this looks like yeah, a grandma's house or a church it's a very weird energy for a radio <laughs> it performance is. maybe it's not even at a radio place maybe there's just like uh, that's like a like a what do you call it? a sponsor banner for the radio yeah. because they're sitting on grandma's living dining room chairs yes they're sitting on grandma's dining room chairs uh there's a chair between the two of them which has the boom box set up on it yeah and they are like oh, i don't even like the, you can see the, the there's people people in the audience because there's there's just two people there's two it's pe- the sides of their heads yeah. between on each side of the frame so yeah. i don't know where what they're doing where this is i didn't say who uploaded this it is uploaded it is uploaded by no <laughs> no i'm not trying to play it i'm trying to scroll down um this is uploaded by Brittany Rose in 2008, so two years after it happened. Acoustic show in Albuquerque, New Mexico, recorded by my bud, Anne. All right. Someone, Ethan Tucker said, poor Dave, replaced by an iPod. <laughs> no, I'm getting, I'm, I'm suddenly, so I'm looking, Brittany Rose had comments in her comment section, but what happens with this video is 10 years old over uh is it, yeah it's over 10 years old now because it's 2008 two, 12 years old this video is 12 years old but 10 years ago she commented on replying to somebody but when you have comments that old like they don't like tree correctly where you see the comment and then the reply underneath it they're kind of broken like how old mm-hmm. tweets really old tweets if you dig one up it doesn't actually show what they're replying to mm-hmm. Uh, so Brittany, whoever she was replying to is completely okay. unfindable. I'm sorry. Brittany Rose says, no, I'm sick of Tyson getting all the attention. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, okay. I wish I knew what that was in reply to. Then she says, well, if you can get Tyson right, you'd think that hoops would be no problem. What does that mean? <laughs> and then maybe, she says, maybe the different parts of maybe. the song, like playing the different parts of the song. And then she says, he's not the only talented one in the band. But again, Yikes. we don't know that she's replying to any of the previous comments. Very strange. <laughs> so, it just sounds like a lot of aggression towards Tyson. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, Evan Almighty, Rock the Boat. Live in Manila, 2013. We have, I have two different versions from 2016. From the Searching for America tour. There's all stuff people can look up later. I'm sorry. We're, we're already getting late. So let's check out. Someone pitched up the song and called it Girl Version. <laughs> I actually found this version okay. in a couple different places. This isn't really a Nightcore version. They just pitched up the song. And this is what it I did like. see that. I thought it meant it was a female vocalist. Yeah, I didn't that's click what into I thought it. when I first found it. But that's not what it is. Wow. And there are no pronouns in the song. So it's not like you could actually switch it up. But here's the song. Girl version. I guess, I guess. I mean, at the beginning, it definitely sounds like a girl, but then it doesn't. You know what I mean? It reminds me of, uh, that reminds me of the 10th anniversary re-record of Sadie Hawkins' dance. Because when they say, um, she said, you're smooth and good with talking. 
Tiesten sings in such a high voice mm-hmm. that at first, the first time I heard that, which was recently since we started the podcast, is the first time I listened to that version of the song. I don't think I've ever listened to that version <laughs> of the song. You listened to a couple seconds of it and were like, I don't like this version. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan of, I don't understand why artists have to be like, hey, we're going to go back like however many years later and like re-record our, well, our they classic must've... songs. They never sound as In good. In this case, Reliant K definitely must have just done it for fun or something or because they wanted to because a lot of bands will do it because they've lost the rights to their original oh, recordings okay. their masters or whatever but in this case yeah like they go to they still have a relationship with goatee records they right. everything's fine with them so i don't know there must be some other reason they just did it for fun or whatever but um yeah he sings in such a high voice when he says she said you're smooth and good with talking go with me in the city hawkins and at first i thought it suddenly switched to a girl guest singer <laughs> And I was like, that's really cool. But then I realized, oh, that's not what's happening. <laughs> it's just Matt Thiessen singing. So Matt Thiessen can do a real girl voice, but uh, we didn't need it to be done in post on this song. Uh, yeah, so you found out that the song is in Rock Band 3, so I don't need to do that. And Jess. Yes. Now we can get into covers. Okay. We have so much left to do. <laughs> but I was so excited to give you this gift on our anniversary. It's our 10-year anniversary, and I know you've been waiting for this. Okay. It's I'm been a scared. while. It's been a while since you've heard this. No, it's not the trailer to A Quiet Place 2, which is playing first. <laughs> it's this. Oh, yes! Yeah. Jessica's wanted to find an 8-bit video game version of a song I for a while. I love 8-bit versions. And this is the first one I found in many, many weeks. I feel like I should be playing like California games or something. Yeah. I dig it. So happy anniversary, baby. That's my <laughs> gift to you. you. That's the only gift you're getting this year. <laughs> um, here's kind of a f- odd... I don't remember actually how this sounds, but I wrote Owl City slash video game style electronic cover. I don't know if this is actually going to live up to my note, but here's what it sounds like. This is Jordan Cadwell Music on SoundCloud. Are you sure this is must have done something right? Yes, <laughs> that's what it says. Well, I don't remember what I don't the Al hear City. It. I don't remember what the Al City feeling was. Maybe it's when this waveform hits. Here we go. Okay, it's not. Is this like a mashup or something? It says "Must Have Done Something Right" by Reliant K. Jersey's remix by Jordan Cadwell Music. Yeah, maybe they just have the. uh, You're right. I guess I don't really hear it. Yeah. I thought you were saying you didn't hear the Al City thing, which didn't kick it until the. Oh no no no! I meant I didn't hear the. Yeah, maybe they must have done something right. Maybe we've been tricked. We've been bamboozled. (laughs) This is an old Napster style like. uh, Mislabel, bait and switch. Listen to our cool music. It's, <laughs> that's you tricked us, Jordan. 
So um, there's an I found a couple different unofficial karaoke covers. Oh, cool. Um, they're just like not as well played versions of the song with no lyrics. Um, there's a couple of different piano covers, including the Piano Dreamers. But again, we kind of know what that sounds like. We've heard all of their versions of different songs. Here's one that I'm very excited about. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to play it. Here it is. But we're getting copyright strikes for sure. (laughs) Maybe. Oh, wow. All right, now I'm grooving. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. I like it. You like that? Now, normally you don't like mashups. I know. I like this, though. The chorus doesn't quite work. Mm. Let's hear that part. It works in its way, but it doesn't. I just didn't find the chorus like I don't know. Maybe because it's now Jessica. You don't. You normally don't really like mashups because you can't yeah. not hear the actual songs in your head. Yes. But this one got you, so that's cool. This and Jessica. This is by Hawkins Mashups. Oh. So I was like, people are gonna think it's us. <laughs> it's not us. It's Hawkins Mashups. Well, we are SoundCloud. very well known for doing mashups, Danny. Oh yeah. That's our, that's like how we got our start in the industry. <laughs> um, Lakeisha Kruger's back. Pfft, whatever. <laughs> it's not actually the song. It's just some Pond 5 music they uploaded with the false label. Maybe they're into the same thing that, uh, you know, what's his name? Jordan or whatever from my supposed Owl City cover. The guy, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Lots of mislabels. Lots of BS. Um, yeah, tons and tons and tons of acoustic covers by lots and lots of different people just to name some of the people katie davis victim or victor kevin jennison badass name jared goober (laughs) nice i like it uh yeah lots of uh cons car 32 paul williams i don't think the paul williams (laughs) i was gonna say wow kate harrington I was very excited to finally get to tick this off of my to-do list. Anne Redburn is, or Reburn, Ed Reburn. Anne Reburn (laughs) is this female cover of this song that comes up in all of my Reliant K searches. It's like the number one video that YouTube has wanted me to watch of a Reliant K cover. Like it comes up in no matter what song I'm searching for. This is her. And she does the bass oh, yeah, and the I guitar by I, herself. Yeah. She's got that like bow on her head that kind of looks like she's got little rabbit ears. Yeah. And the thing is, I don't like to watch, unless something really catches my eye, I don't like to watch a song before I'm actually doing the research because I need to see what videos I've already watched mm-hmm. for big songs. And if I see that red bar on the bottom that says I've already watched yeah. it, then I might end up skipping it in my research. So here's her cover because... YouTube has been trying to get me to watch this for months. We should get jerseys, cause we make a good team. But yours would look better than mine, cause you're out of my league. Oh, oh, oh. And I 
so cliche to tell you some auto tune going on her voice yeah, maybe. I'm not it sure. A little bit. There's a little digital. Maybe it's just some compression or something. Maybe. I don't know if there's because I don't know. She looks like she just has a little home studio because she's playing the guitar and the bass, and then maybe it sounds like some sort of drum machine thing. Mm-hmm. So it seems like Anne does the whole song by herself, and you'll see that she does. And there's a funny part to this. She does her own uh, harmonies. She sings. Mm-hmm. She does a split screen. With multiple singing. And for some reason, she keeps looking at herself in the split screen. Nice. And giving herself, like, hey, sexy eyes, like, to herself. <laughs> it's so, yeah, I found it kind of strange. You see? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just find that really funny. Like, I don't even know if she's doing that on purpose or she's just, because when, she, when she's playing the guitars, like, she's very in the zone. But when she's singing, she seems to be, like, constantly looking at the camera and then looking to the left and looking to the right. Like, she's comfortable, but also, like, not fully comfortable, Mm -hmm. maybe, in the camera with the singing. I can't tell. She plays it right down the middle. Just like a real, like, Tim Sullivan with his irony at us. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She looks like the girl who plays Josie on uh, Legacies. No one listening to this podcast (laughs) is going to get that reference. I guarantee it. But just throwing it out there, that's who she looks like. Very good. Well, <laughs> um, okay. So now we can get into the real meat of the covers. And then we have a few funny things that I'll discuss. But this song, Flat Out, is the first one I found with this problem, Coverbot. Coverbot infestation, mm-hmm. right? And I took me, I was wondering for years what Coverbots were. And I finally found out the, the phrase and I could kind of research them. If you've ever typed in a song on Spotify and you find all these weird like real low rent artworks and you like click it and it's like this bad cover right but it's by it says it's by this band and then you see another cover by a different band and you click that one and it's the exact same bad cover and then you find a third and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth different band name but they're all the same cover it's some sort of thing it's some phenomenon called cover bots where they just record these awful versions and i guess they want to get your streaming count for them right so they upload it as multiple different bands this song is fully infestation of cover bots like if you go on spotify and type in must have done something right you get all of these different bands with all of these different names um, and this is what, so here's one that was uploaded as the Christian Testament. Oh. Supposedly this is the band called the Christian Testament. And this is what the song sounds like. First of all, the voice sounds like the president. <laughs> I didn't realize that when I first listened to this. I thought it just sounded like a computer. But he, well, yeah, but listen to this, listen to these vocals again. <laughs> You're right. The first bit, not not the good team part, but the first bit. We yes. got the best jerseys. <laughs> Everybody knows we wear all. We're the best team. We wear the best jerseys. I'm sorry. Which president are you are you doing an impression of right now? Uh, you know Clinton. <laughs> I did not inhale. I don't know. <laughs> what is Clinton known for saying? This is so bad. Now, this is a bad cover that we can full-on lean into because this is like some some tiny evil corporation that wants to steal <laughs> streaming from the actual artist. 
Um, yeah, I as MXPX memes, I took a Coverbot version of uh, it was a non MXPX thing I did. Um, Stay Together for the Kids by Blink-182, and I put it over the actual video. <laughs> it sounded so bad, because there's, like, these awful, these oh, yeah, awful voices. Yeah. I'll post that to our social media for people to check out. But, uh, yeah, then they uploaded it as the Christian All-Stars and all of these band names. But then it got so bizarre. Oh, and there's karaoke versions of the Coverbot version. Then, then... The Coverbot rabbit hole led me to this. We should get jerseys, cause we make a good team. But yours would look better than mine. Jessica, I'm going to show you the artwork of what we're listening to right now. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready for this artwork? <laughs> I, I, I'm, now I'm questioning it. I was not ready for that. <laughs> it's a... <laughs> It is a stock picture of Calvary. It's a stock picture of a cross with a beautiful sunset behind. And it's in big purple letters. It says Christian dubstep. And this is a dubstep remix of the Coverbot version of who must have done Amazing. something right. Amazing. Can we please get to the more dubstepy part? Yes. Also, the, the logo of Christian dubstep looks a little bit like the Shockwaves podcast logo. <laughs> it does. Now... When I found this, I flipped out. I was so ecstatic on how <laughs> stupid this looked. And I was like, I can't post this from our social media because Jessica will find out. So I went to the Blink-155 Facebook group, which I know you're not a part of. And I just posted this this artwork cold. And someone <laughs> made a joke. I wish I could credit them. But they're like, <laughs> they're like, no man knows the day or time of when the drop will drop, <laughs> when that beat will drop. It's <laughs> funny. <laughs> Uh, I totally messed up the joke, but I thought it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is so awful. Now, great. I love it. Now, I hope you enjoyed that because just so you know, if you ever need to do. If you ever need to do a Christian workout, this in Coverbot style, where they uploaded 500 times, wow. this is also available in a, in a workout remix. That is not a very holy picture that they've no, got it's going not. on it's, there. It's a woman with her boobs out, and st- not, they're not out, but she's in. You know, she's chest a first into the clad camera. clad lady. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, Coverbot's bad. <laughs> real ba- real musicians good. Um. Then we have lots of bizarre stuff, uh, and I don't know how much we can get into it because we've, we've gone so long. This is such a long episode. Yeah. <laughs> but um, here is a uh, oh, do you remember PJ Mills? He did the he did the review of Forget yes. Not Slow Down. Yes, I do. How could I forget PJ Mills? Well, PJ Mills didn't forget, and he came back to record many years later. You remember oh. how PJ? Picture PJ Mills in your mind. Yes. That, yeah, yeah, though, that young lad in his dark, dark bedroom. He, yes, he did Forget and Not Slow Down. And then he came back years later and did the album before Forget and Not Slow Down? Yes. Okay. But this is what he looks like many years later. Oh, wow. He's a man. He is a man now. <laughs> He's a man. He, was he a, is all grown up. He was a boy who grew into a man. <laughs> and he definitely leaned heavily into that YouTube style that you hate of the jokey joke joke cut. Jokey joke joke cut. Joke, 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 cut. 
You know what I mean? Does he make sure to splice in clips from other things? No, not that style. Oh, okay. Hey, I'm moving to a new apartment. I'm just a tad bit excited. <laughs> it's this kind. It's like... Yeah. I gotcha. That's the style, I get it. So today we're going to go old school. And by old school, I mean high school. And by high school, I mean Reliant K. And by Reliant K, I mean their fifth studio. So what he lacked originally in in attitude and, and vocal range, he made up for many years later. What is it with this, like, decorating sense where you hang the hats on the He's wall? He's got two cowboy hats on the wall. I have two friends who also keep their, like, fedoras on the wall. <laughs> their fedoras. Well, I don't know what you'd call them. They're like... Because they're noir detectives. They're, yeah, exactly. <laughs> PJ Mills like, is a cowboy, and know, your friends are detectives. Maybe it's like... Uh, Eddie they're Valent. not pork pie hats, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Are they rude boys? <laughs> they're, not, they're, they're not rude boys. I'm a professional rude boy. I need my pork pie hat they're nearby like, at all times. You know, they're like kind of hipstery hats, they're, and they keep them on the wall. Yeah. Well, PJ also points out at various times, I watched most of this, but he points out at one point how much he dislikes his original Forget Not Slow Down review. I'm like, oh no, that one was much more palatable than this one. It's just because he's so, oh, no. cause he's just, no, 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 no. His opinions on this are much better and he his opinions in Forget Not So Down were not great. But it's just like, I don't know, I like things a little bit more low-key, like mm-hmm. not, not like like wackety-schmackety. Yeah. Now, does he put them all, to, does he put all the tracks together to say this is what sounds like <laughs> this, this is whatever or whatever with the little graph like he or, did Or before? how he's upset about the intros and outros. Yeah. And, uh, I don't think he does that. But um, he's moving to a new apartment and he's excited about it. I guess yeah. he can afford to pay for those uh, short songs now. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't have to worry about wasting his money on those <laughs> intros and outros. I'm trying to find him talk about this song. I guess he doesn't. Oh, wow. So many hats on the wall. Yeah. So welcome back, PJ. <laughs> I don't have as much to talk about with this video. I just wanted to say that I found him again. There's a girl lip syncing to the chipmunk version. There's a um, many. There's a couple of music videos of teens, like who are either couples in real life at the time or just a guy and a girl who were like, "Let's make a video where I pretend I'm in love with you." <laughs> they oh. do that. Those kind oh. of videos, you know what I mean? Yeah. And somebody's got a crush and they're totally friend zoned. Yep, yep. Yeah. I get the picture. Um. There's a number of really good animated videos. This one is... That's some nonsense I would have pulled. I'd be like, oh, hello, boy, that I have a crush on. Let's, let's make this video just for fun. Just for fun. Just for kicks. Yeah. You want to make a video with me? That's, That's how you video. got me. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years and counting, baby. <laughs> well, technically, like, I don't know, like 13 or 14 years and counting. How old were we when we met? I don't remember anymore. <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't remember. College. College. First year college. Well, I went to college very, very young. I had kind of a Doogie Howser situation where I was oh, a yeah. smart guy. <laughs> they were like, we'll send you to film school early. <laughs> Can you imagine a Doogie Howser style show, but he's a director? <laughs> That's an awful idea for a TV show. So here's this pretty good animated video. I'm just gonna keep the audio down, but it looks good. They're like, like they're little, they're they're better than the usual stick figure animated things we see, right? Maybe yeah, I should turn it. Yeah, those look nice. Yeah, 
that's cute. That's great. Yeah, this that is, took a lot of work. Yeah, this definitely like took animation a lot of work. is really tough and takes a long time. This is by Nate Ziller in 2012, and it's just like really good. It's kind of like. It could be flash animation, but it just looks a lot better mm-hmm. than that. And there's like not a lot of detail in the character design, but yeah. there's incredible motion yeah. and realistic motion for these yeah. non-realistic characters. Yeah, um, yeah, it looks really good. Uh, there's a, a bunch of other like drawings and stuff. Um, the, here's a there's so much stuff, and it's our 10 year anniversary. <laughs> Do we have to keep going? Somebody please count how many times Danny has mentioned that it's our 10 year anniversary because like, I feel like we're at least it at should have been 20 by now. <laughs> so here's a guy who made a video dedicated to his girlfriend. Uh, and it opens with, it's very nice, but I, I found this funny. It opens with this. Babe, what you're about to watch was made for you. <laughs> I hope you know that I love you and you're my best friend. I hope you enjoy this a lot. And get a good laugh. See you at the top. He wants us to laugh. And it's just, he made a music video. But I just like the... Why did it start with him driving, like, drinking Red Bull? (laughs) (laughs) Like, just a shot of the back of his head in the car from the backseat while he's driving, drinking a Red Bull. And now it's him walking towards the camera. Who did he get to help him with Is this one of those things where, like, he proposes at the end? Oh, it could be. I found a baby announcement video as well. Aw. So there is stuff like that. Um, oh man, so much, so much crap. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean the ones I, I don't mean this one in the baby announcement. I just mean so much other crazy stuff. What if they're stick listening, people Danny? Li- <laughs> All of these people are listening. The person who made a <laughs> stick person lyric video. Uh, the person who made a Sims music video. Nice. Um, out of focus girl dancing in 2007. <laughs> Some girls dancing in 2007 with really bad camera. Uh, pretty well shot music video with no color timing. Like every shot is blue, then red, then yellow, then blue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <sighs> but the main theme, and we can get out of, finally get out of here. And I know that it sounds so cliche to tell you about this. But this is absolutely... Bar none, number one, the most shipping videos I have ever found for any Reliant K song ever. I can't wait Out. to do the best thing because I feel like that actually might be more. That wouldn't be fair because I thought of the best thing as a better song than this song. But now you're flipping it on. We're flipping the Although script on Although this me. song is more popular, so has a wider reach. You yeah. never know. I don't know if you want to watch any of these. Lizzie McGuire... Uh, some Taiwanese nice. show called Smiling Pasta. Santa Amazing. Clarita, that one sounds interesting. <laughs> Santa Clarita Diet. Um, a real life shipping video for Neil Patrick Harris and his husband. Uh, Kyle and Cartman from South Park. Oh, uh, some anime characters I don't know. Fiona and the Flame Prince from oh, Adventure Time. Nice. Uh, Austin and Allie. I found two different Austin and Allie, whatever that is, Nick or Disney shows. Uh, ben 10, Disney Zombies. We, you found out about that from a kid, from a, one of our friend's kids. They yeah. were like, I know what zombies are. They're green and they go to high school. <laughs> they play football. They or play something. football. They just have green uh, hair. And that's the only way you know that they're a zombie. Uh, Sherlock and John, Spider-Man and Deadpool. There's lots of, there's lots of gay ones. Uh, Matt and Foggy from Daredevil. Anakin and Padme. Nice. 
Uh, yeah, this is like, oh, and like, do you remember, did you watch Grey's Anatomy that much? Uh, I watched like the first two seasons, I think. Well, there are two different Grey's Anatomy ones. Maybe three. So it's like. Yeah. That was like a hundred years ago, you know, when that show started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there were so many shipping videos that I just like felt like, and none, none is great as that Transformers one we found oh, man. for Girls That's and hard to top. I don't know if that'll <laughs> ever be topped. I only can hope that it will be, but yeah, such good stuff. Um, yeah. So, folks, if you have a fictional or even real life couple that you want to be together, make a video to this song and get it out there and maybe it'll happen. Because this is the... Th- this, this, this this song, if you make a music video for it, that ship will come true. Yes. That's how... And again, that that's how... That ship will come into port or set sail or whatever. That's yes. how we ended up together. I put the video together of us. Oh, wow. I, I think in this episode, I've made like five different jokes about how we met. I think you did. Yeah. Cra- you use some crazy YouTube voodoo magic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's one... Okay... We can watch the shipping video because they did more than just edit together footage. They actually did a limited animation, by which I mean it's like two frames per second, of the evil doctor from Phineas and Ferb apparently actually does love the secret agent platypus from that show. So he sings him. I don't don't think I can support that. he He sings a musical number to the platypus guy. Look, he's actually, he's loved the platypus the whole time. That's a bestiality. <laughs> I guess it is. He's singing to him, and it's like two frames per second animation. Like, they actually put real work. I mean, yeah, wow, they original put real work into, into that. This. Yeah, that's amazing. So I'm trying to find something, like, completely over He does not make me any less completely creeped out, though. <laughs> well, good. Good. That's exactly what I wanted to hear on our anniversary. <laughs> so I'll end on the most visually bizarre thing that we have, and that is... I did call you creepy during your proposal. <laughs> that's right. Let's just end on that. Let's talk about the day that I proposed to you. It was Christmas, 2008, and we were at your parents' house. And all of your family knew the proposal was coming, right? Like, even your yeah. family in other states knew. Yes. So, like, people were afraid to call to find out how did it happen yet. Or we they o- did call. and Just to wish you a Merry Christmas. And they were, like... And they were fishing. Fishing. And I had no idea because I'm completely oblivious. Because I wanted to... It was snowy. We were lived in New Jersey at the time. Your parents lived in New Jersey at the time. It was and it snowed. It was a white Christmas. And I'm like, I want to get dressed. They lived on the top of a hill. Yeah. And... And I was like, I want to get dressed and go out for a winter walk. And you were like, let's just stay inside. <laughs> and you I was wanted like, to go sledding. I wanted to go sledding, right. So, because they had a hill and stuff. And I just wanted to have like a fun, quirky, little like, you know, romantic kind of silly thing. And then propose to her at the end. So she's like, fine. I'll, you know, after we open presents with her parents, she's like, fine. I'll put my <laughs> clothes on. We'll go sledding. We go out. We go sledding. We walk through the the area around their house a little bit. Then I'm getting ready to basically pop the question, and she slips and falls, <laughs> yeah. and I don't catch her. <laughs> and I pick her up, and I'm like, got to recover from this. And I'm like, well, you know, Jess, 
I may not always be there to catch you when you fall, but I'll always be there to pick you up. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. And she's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I did not say that. I did not say <laughs> she that. Thought, and then I said something to the effect of like, one of the things I, I love about you is your childlike sense of wonder and stuff. And she's like, she's like, that's weird. Why I, was are you like, I was like, I was like, oh, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> I was like, no, it's a creepy. <laughs> And then she said, we, she was about to say the words, you should, she told me later, you, sh- you should save this for the proposal. Because he had this very long speech. He and, and Danny is just like such a wonderful person. He's one of those people who like, he was constantly singing my praises. He's, he's right. very happy yeah, so with the compliments special, so and very sweet. So a special speech doesn't mean much. <laughs> Because you already get too many of them all the time. That sounds so terrible, but it is true. Back then, Danny was very verbal in his affection. And he's always just like (laughs) telling me how much he loves me. Not like now, where I'm like, where's my dinner? (laughs) He was always very much like telling me how much he loves me and how beautiful he thinks I am. And this and that. Like, he was a very sweet, wonderful person. And so I was like thinking in my head, like, he's going on and on. I'm like, oh, he should just save it for the proposal because I don't know what's coming. And then I got down on my knees and I was like, will you marry me? And she's like, what? (laughs) She was totally surprised. Yes. Yeah. So, and then we went back in the house. And And I said, no. Yeah. The rest is history. Yeah. It was wonderful. And 10 years, well, it was 11 years from that moment. But yeah, I love you, Jess. Love you too, Dan. And there's nothing else I'd rather be doing than a Reliant K podcast (laughs) with you. And if there's anything else you'd all rather be doing, then give us a phone call. (laughs) 402-95-SADIE. Smooth. Email us at... I almost said my real email. (laughs) DL. SadieHawkinsPod at gmail.com. Uh, and then Instagram and Twitter are our main social medias. So check us out. At Sadie Hawkins Pod. At Sadie Hawkins Pod. Thanks for coming on this journey with us, folks. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for, Here's thanks to for ten hanging more in. Years. Here's to ten, ten, ten more years. Ten more years of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, of Sadie Hawkins Pod. Our marriage, really. well, you know. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> thanks for hanging in for the past two hours. Yeah. We just wasted... Two hours of your life. I got you, babe. Aww.